the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within Nation. <laughs> this is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, nutrition, my, and fitness related. That was my eagle impersonation. It was spot on. I'm your host, Brandon. This is my co-host, Joe. We've completely lost it. Yeah, but we're in it. We're in it. We're talking health transformation today. Absolutely. And what we're going to do, we're going to take the habit evaluation tool, which is free at firewithinnf.com. We're going to take it ourselves. We're going to explain the questions and how we can use this as a way to evaluate where your health's at. Yeah. yeah. Basically learning the sustainable way to approach food and nutrition. What it's going to do is going to ask us a bunch of questions. We'll read them out loud. You can play along as you listen. It helps you by seeing those results at the end to let you know what you need to focus on. So if you guys want to follow along at home, you can log into firewithinnf.com. You just have to create a username and you can take it and you'll get your results. Yep. Or you could just listen to it if you're driving or whatever and then do it later. But this is a free assessment. You don't have to purchase anything and you can take it multiple times to mark improvement. So let's start with the first question. And there's several categories. The first category is stress and sleep. So all the questions are going to relate to that. And the first question is most nights of the week, I get to bed after 10.30 p.m. And we tried to make it really simple. These are just true or false. And if some nights you do, some nights you don't, remember it says most, try and guesstimate and do what makes the most sense. So for me, that's true. How about you, Joe? Go to bed after 10.30? Yeah, that's true. Now, oh, after. I'm sorry, false. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm in bed most of the time but i don't fall asleep till 12 30 so yeah. i would mark it as true because I, I assume you mean fall asleep not go to bed if you're in bed making an effort oh okay and then the next question is i have trouble falling asleep more than once a week for me not usually more than once a week so i'm gonna put false yeah me too false Next is I have trouble staying asleep aside from having to use the restroom or a brief wake up followed by easily falling back asleep more than once a week on a regular basis. So basically, if you get up and have to pee and you fall right back asleep, then that's fine. That's not what we're talking about. But if you wake up, your head starts racing and you get hit with anxiety and stress or you feel an urge to work or you stay asleep for more than, say, 30, 45 minutes. So this that's brings up a good you should answer it about what's going on right now. Cause exactly. like I go through seasons as a business owner where I'm like, maybe I'm a little bit behind on my workload or whatever. And then I'd have to answer true during those weeks, but then it goes back to normal and I normally be false. So you should answer it based on what it's going on right now. And that's a really good point. There are seasons. In fact, my mastermind group, we were just talking about those sprint seasons right? where you may, or maybe it's in a quarter, maybe you're a health insurance agent and that open enrollment's coming and you're going to be sprinting, sprinting. But just like you said, I think this tool is best used if you just answer it based on what's currently happening. It's a snapshot of where you're at right now. You don't want to answer it aspirationally. Right. It's kind of <laughs> like a glucose meter, just checking your blood at different times. It's not always going to be the same, but it's good to know where you're at. That's one of the reasons we want to make it free so people could go back in a month and see how they're doing. Exactly. See if they made progress. Exactly. So the next one says, I use backlit electronics like a television, smartphone, iPad, or laptop computer within one hour of bedtime on a regular basis. So that means if your bedtime's 1030, it's asking, do you quit using electronics by 930? No. <laughs> <laughs> Going to have to mark true on that one. Dang it, Joe. <laughs> I got blue blocker glasses that I wear once a month. 
does help. <laughs> Be sure to check out the stress and sleep episode for more information in this category. The next question in this category is I constantly have a hard time quieting my brain with negative thoughts and don't incorporate meditation or breathing techniques to help. So I think it's normal for us to have thoughts that are sometimes hard to quiet. What we're trying to figure out for this evaluation is do you have tools that you use on a regular basis, such as meditation to help with this? So if I don't incorporate, so maybe I have problems, but I do incorporate meditation and breathing techniques to help. Then you put false because you're using them. So this is just, are you at least making an effort? And when we're trying to create a new habit, At first, we just want to say, are you making a habit to try it? Gotcha. So next is I feel overworked and fatigued most of the time. Now, obviously, by the end of the week, if you put in a hard week's work, maybe you'll feel a little tired. But is this every day in and day out or just occasional? Yeah, I put false. Even though I think I would complain like I do, I don't think I actually do. (laughs) (laughs) And this could be seasonal as well. But I think most of the time it's false for me. And the next one is I don't recover well from exercise and experience extended periods of soreness or excessive soreness post-workout. So basically, anytime you work out, you're sore for a long time and it could potentially even stop you from going back to the gym. Or do you have the normal day or two of soreness? Or sometimes you have what's called DOMS, delayed onset of muscle soreness. Or maybe you're just sore for a day or two, but it takes two or three days to set in. That's also okay. But is this I'm constantly sore and I really struggle recovering? That's what we're asking here. True or false? I'm putting false. Cool. Yeah, I agree with that for me. And then the last one is I get sick often. A vomit-free since 2003. Wow. I like that. (laughs) Poet, and you didn't even know it. (laughs) (laughs) And I throw up later tonight. (laughs) And obviously, uh, there's a huge tie-in with stress and sleep and how it affects your immune system. Lots of podcasts in there, or the course really dives into that as well if you decide to do that. All right, so let's go to page two. So that ties up everything in the stress and sleep category. Now we're on to hydration, alcohol, and caffeine. Those are three of my favorite things. (laughs) Mine too. The Um, first question is, I rarely drink more than half of my weight in bourbon. Bourbon. Water. Okay, I rarely drink more than half of my weight. (laughs) I hope not half your weight in bourbon. Wow. Uh, So that means if you weigh 150 pounds, are you drinking at least 75 ounces? True or false? On a regular basis. Oh, we need to make that um, more clear because that just says half my weight. I was like, there's no way I'm drinking 75 pounds of water. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't at least drink half of that, you would put true because you rarely drink enough or you'd put false. I'm going to have to put false right now. I'm not doing good with the water. All right. The next question is, I drink more than 24 ounces of coffee on a regular basis or more than three caffeinated beverages a day, excluding green tea. And the reason I'm okay with green tea is it's so low in caffeine. It's only 15 milligrams where a cup of coffee is 150. So it's probably not going to become problematic. Um, I used to have a real problem with this, but I got it under control. I'm okay here. It took me a long time to get there. Yeah, I just read uh, Dave Grawl's book from the Foo Fighters. Uh There's a chapter about, he was having like five cups of coffee a day. And he ended up being rushed to the ER and having all these tests done. I heard him talk about that on a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That was right when I was giving up coffee and I was, that's a good sign for me. Yeah, that'll <laughs> jack you up. That's a great book, by the way. His new one, Storyteller. Check it out. It's good stuff. All right, third question. I drink caffeinated soda on a regular basis. All right, I'm putting false. We basically cut out regular soda out of our family's vocabulary by switching to cans of carbonated water. 
That's awesome. And so every grocery store has their own brand. My opinion, Wegmans is the best. They got a ton of options. Yeah. Um, even Aldi has a couple options. They have like a citrus green tea. They have a like cherry lime, all kinds of stuff. This is the next one. I drink caffeinated beverages past 2 p.m. aside from green tea. I'm putting false. I'm putting false too. I'm an old man. If I drink coffee that late, I am up. Yeah. <laughs> caffeine has a half hour or half life of about eight hours. It could take up to eight, 16 hours to completely clear your system of all caffeine. So yeah. that can interrupt some people's sleep. So the next one, even when I drink a lot of water, I'm still thirsty and I can't quench it. Is true or false? And the reason this question is in here, if you're lacking electrolytes, you could be drinking water, but getting zero benefit from it. So we also want to get an idea of where your electrolyte status. I've had that feeling before where I just can't, I don't have it right now, but I've definitely felt like that before. You just keep drinking a bunch of water and you're like, dang, I'm still thirsty. So either you're really dehydrated or you don't have enough sodium, potassium, magnesium, and, and some electrolytes in you for your body to actually use and absorb that water into the cell. And that could be problematic. Next question. I experience thirst often. So once you're thirsty, you're already a little bit dehydrated. And the idea is to stay ahead of thirst. That's why this question's in here. It's not good to be thirsty. Not really, no. <laughs> I experience muscle cramps regularly, such as hamstrings and calf cramps. And obviously this is because if you're dehydrated, if you're lacking electrolytes, your muscles are going to cramp. Mm. So if that happens a lot, it could be a sign that you're chronically dehydrated. Three or four weeks ago, my wife got a cramp in bed and it was just really painful. And also it was the middle of the night and for some reason it became hysterical. And it was just like we were just up laughing and then I could, we couldn't fall back asleep. because it was. It was <laughs> I used to get them in my calves when I That's was. That's where a, she got it. it was yeah. Like, she felt like it was a Charlie horse. She said, I feel like my calf is making a fist. Pretty much. <laughs> the only way I can get it to go away is to get in the uh, hot tub. Huh. Uh, and if you have the Epsom salt, that'll relax it quicker because of the magnesium and Epsom salt. And so that, that's a good, if you have cramps at night, especially if they kip you up, get into an Epsom salt bath as soon as you can. It's worth it. And the last one in this category, I drink more than seven alcoholic beverages a week. I never drink more than that. Because I think for sustainability, unless you're an alcoholic, some alcohol should be okay. There's better options and better ways to do it. But if you're going above that, I think uh, your liver's going to have to play catch up a little bit. Plus the sugar alcohols, it's going to make it hard to lose weight. Things like that. Next right. category is fats and oils. And the first question, I use salad dressings and condiments on a regular basis without knowing what kind of oil is in them, which if you didn't make it yourself, probably the wrong kinds. True. Dang it, yeah, Joe. I never look at I never look at what's in them. So you have no idea if it's the right oil. I oils? mean, I don't put it all the time, but I don't I didn't make them. So remember the wrong kinds of oils can make you lose elasticity in your blood vessels, which can contribute to heart disease and arthrosclerotic buildup. I'm so glad you can edit. Arthrosclerotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to leave that in, aren't you? Next question. I eat from fast food restaurants more than once a week. Now, while there might be some better selections, by and large, if you're eating at a fast food restaurant, chances are it's not going to be a great option. You say fast food. Is that like casual fast food? Is that your Chipotle's and your Cava's? Or are you just talking Burger King, McDonald's, KFC? 
Really any of them. Okay. Yeah, really any of them. There are obviously are better choices, but in general, we know habitually if you're cooking more at home and in charge of the ingredients, you're going to make better choices. And when we're out, it's not easily accessible to read labels. And uh, sometimes we make impulse buys like, ah, what the heck, let's add a shake. So there's a couple reasons for that question, mostly because fast food restaurants use the improper oils and they reheat them and recycle that same oil for up to a month where it becomes more and more oxidized and damaging to your health. And then the next is I eat snacks and bars on a regular basis without being aware of what types of oil are in them. So a lot of them are garbage. You mean snack bars. It just, the way you said it made it sound like I eat snacks at bars. (laughs) (laughs) Snacks and bars. But oftentimes they use canola oil, soybean oil, some of the more harmful ones. So I'm putting false. I'm not a fan of the snack bar. Yeah, they're not my favorite. But I do like the RX bars that are like the egg whites and dates. They're pretty good. There's parts of them that I like. And what I've discovered is I just keep like a big bin of almonds by the door so I can grab a handful when I leave. Because I like almonds. Yeah. And that's a better snack. Yeah. Yeah. And plus it's a whole food. It's not adding all that sugar from the dates and stuff. So it would probably be a better option. But some people really like the, the bars. Next question is I target fat-free or low-fat foods. Um, but no. Me too. Now, this could be a red flag because typically when that's touted on the label, um, they need some kind of binder or something in it that's usually worse. So I don't always look at low-fat or fat-free foods as a good option. I still want to verify all the ingredients on the label. Mm -hmm. And then next is I avoid foods like egg yolks, avocados, and nuts for concern over saturated fat or too many calories. Yeah, I don't avoid those. I like those things. (laughs) And here's the thing. Most of them have healthy fats that we need. So for instance, saturated fat is used for myelin sheath coating and neurons. So if you have a propensity for Alzheimer's and dementia and you are steering clear of all saturated fats, you could be accelerating that disease and not giving your body the building blocks to protect those neurons. That's a sneaky one. You feel like you're being good if you answer it with true, but you're wrong. You're wrong. (laughs) The next one is I have signs, symptoms, diagnosis, or risk factors for neurological disease like multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's. So true or false. Now this one, it's, it's just, it is or it isn't. It's probably not one you can do a whole lot about, but it's good to know and to, and that'll make it even more important for you to get the right fats in. The next one is I have elevated blood pressure. True or false. Which I do. I have the hereditary kind, so I'm already on the heart. Now, did it get any better with the reduction of caffeine? I haven't been to the doctor for that specifically since, like, I do a, a yearly physical. And the last time it got better, although yeah. he didn't change my dosage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, some people have massive white coat syndrome, and when they get their blood pressure checked at a doctor, it could spike up to 50 points or more. Yeah, I actually have that, and he checks it a couple times until it gets to the regular thing. Because when my wife does it at home, it's perfect, yeah. but it'll be crazy high. I have. I feel like it's related to me with wanting to test well from being like a kid. I feel <laughs> like it would be good. Like yeah. I would get a reward. Even testing it in the little arm cup thing at the CVS, <laughs> the first time I do it, I'm all nervous. Like I'm, I'm about to fail a test, yeah. <laughs> and then it's all jacked up just for fun we have a blood pressure reader at home and i tried aggravating my wife to see if i can get her blood pressure to go up and she tested after i aggravated her and without me aggravating her and it was the same so i don't actually increase my wife's blood pressure so that was good to know mine goes up and down a lot if i sit up or lay down that makes sense i got a blood pressure thing at home too yeah 
Uh, that's why they always recommend you be seated, palm up, rested on whatever. Next one is my doctor's concerned about my cholesterol numbers. Now we're going to switch to the next page, which is all about sugar. Yes, please. All right, here we go. First one. I have sugar cravings throughout the day. I don't have to pay a royalty to Maroon 5 for very poorly singing that snippet, do It's I? only like $300. Yeah, you can just give it directly to the, <laughs> to the band. Is it fair use if it's like under a certain amount of seconds of poor singing? I think so, yeah. Okay, that's good. So I have sugar cravings throughout the day, true or false? I'm putting false right now. I've had periods in the past where I've had them throughout the day, but it certainly it hasn't been re- lately. Obviously, if you had a donut and you have a sugar spike, it's going to crash and you're going to have another craving later. But if you're on your regular diet, unless you're in a pro prolonged period of poor eating. I know a lot of people after somebody dies in their family that could spur on a period of poor eating, things like that. So whatever your current chapter of life is, that's what we want to answer. So I experience hanger, which is uh, (laughs) anger due to hunger or drops in blood sugar several times a week, true or false. Occasional is okay. Shouldn't be having often. Next is I have food items containing wheat grain or corn more than twice a week. That's a tough one for most Americans. Mm -hmm. Next is I have elevated blood sugar. This is confirmed. And next is you're predisposed to Alzheimer's or type 2 diabetes and have elevated blood sugar. This is do not check true if your blood sugar is normal. Next question. I consume a lot of soda or fruit juice. Now, it's interesting. Uh, some people will go, well, what's wrong with fruit juice? It has the same amount of sugar often as a can of soda. It's a better type of sugar because typically it's more natural, but so does that high concentrated high fructose corn syrup. But either way, it could cause insulin spikes and issues with the liver and glycogen and all kinds of stuff. That's why you see like moms limiting juice boxes. Kids go crazy on yeah. that stuff. And then for those concerned, I am not a super dogmatic coach and I don't preach to never, ever have these things. I'm just talking about most of the time. Yeah. yeah. And this is just a snapshot of where you're at. It's not meant to be judgmental. Yeah. That's not very judgy. I wake up in the middle of the night hungry. True or false? Putting it, false right now. I have done that before. I often like to think about what I want for breakfast before I fall asleep, and sometimes that <laughs> makes me hungry. And if you are experiencing this phenomenon, typically it could be sharp drops in blood sugar. So if you eat something sweet right before bed, that can happen. And it could also be a sign of cortisol imbalance or stress hormone. That could be the other thing that we'd want to look at. Now, when we do get drops in blood sugar, it pulls amino acids that are responsible for melatonin. And just that drop could pull you out of sleep. So that's important to know and notate. Final sugar question. I have achy joints or arthritis. True or false? Now, what the heck does that have to do with arthritis? There's a process called glycation where sugar molecules from wheat, grain, corn, cane sugar, corn syrup actually uh, stick and deteriorate collagen in the joints, the muscle, all over the body. So there's a huge tie-in with achy joints and arthritis and inflammation with sugar. That's why a lot of people love that Whole30 diet because there's a drastic reduction of inflammation when they cut all that out. All right, next category in the health transformation free evaluation tool is movement and exercise. Number one, I rarely hit 10,000 steps in a day. Oh, I'm going to have to put true now, but it used to not be false. It used to be false. Yeah. And if you don't have a tracker, it might be tough to tell. They, they have uh, free apps on your phone where your phone will act as a pedometer to count for you. It'd be interesting to know. And 
There's nothing. Yeah, in the Apple phone, it's just built in. Like, you don't even really got to turn it on. You oh, in the health with, app? Yeah. That's really cool. But that's important to notate. The more active you are, the more the lymphatic system is helping getting toxins to the liver. Obviously, you're expending energy. You're contracting muscles, which helps diminish glycogen and sugar buildup. So we do want to try and stay active. And it's just good to know where you're at. True uh, or false, I don't incorporate any form of strength training into my week. False. I work out with Brandon. Oh, yep. <laughs> that we had a we pretty- tried. We tried the first thing in a course that you're thinking about doing. Yeah. Today. So and it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> so this is actually the first, uh, I guess, public mentioning. But we are working on a strength training course. We're going to call it Tempered Steel, and there'll be a advanced and an intermediate level. We did the first workout today, which was a push workout, pretty difficult for with isometric training mixed in with regular. And I think we're both- uh, Jumped in with the advanced and I feel like I'm going to be sore. Yeah. Yeah. I felt pretty adequately sore, but a good sore. Uh, This next question, I like the way it's worded. I don't participate in stretching or yoga. Namaste on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste on the couch. All right. So this is like regularly, right? Because like I've done yoga and stretch, but I don't do it crazy regularly. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, I did want to make one mention on the strength training. Depending on your health journey, it might not be quite the right time for strength training. If you have significant injuries and we need to uh, get more active and fix the diet first. and yeah, maybe, it might not be the place to start. Yeah, but for most people, there's tremendous benefit, and that's going to move the needle a lot quicker when you add that in. So I just didn't want you to feel shamed if you're not doing strength training because it may not be the right time. And I have clients that I work with that were not there yet. We're still fixing the nutrition stuff. So the next one under movement and exercise is I do not incorporate exercise to strengthen my core, such as abs, glutes, or lower back exercises. Yeah, so maybe you strength train, but you just do mirror muscles like chest and triceps. This could be putting your low back at risk. I only do biceps. Just hours and hours (laughs) of biceps. (laughs) Next one is I sit for more than three hours at a time on a regular basis without standing or moving around. So this is one I think I've actually progressed in. I used to would have had to put true, but now I've forced myself to get up and take breaks more often at work. Hey, good plan. And some people will even set alarms like every 45 minutes or so. Um, whatever works for you and your work environment. And then the next is I sit and watch more than two hours of TV, streaming services like Netflix or Hulu or social media posts a day. And believe it or not, this will also tie in with your stress and sleep goals as well. But uh, the more sedentary you are, the more things stiffen up and the more orthopedic issues you can have. Next question. I have chronic muscle tightness and or low back pain not related to an acute injury. So if you're a car accident and you hurt your back, that's one thing. That's not what we're talking about here. We're just talking about generally speaking without there being a traumatic incident. And then the final question in the movement and exercise, true or false, I have poor balance that is not an inner ear or vertigo uh-huh. related issue or vertigo related <laughs> issue. <laughs> Makes me think of that. Oh, what was that lady Lucille on Arrested Development that had vertigo? She was, oh, yeah, that's hysterical. That's such a funny show. A magician named Job. <laughs> do, 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 do. There's a real life. I, I had a joke that was very similar where I met these gentlemen in a, they were in a rap group. And now they're Raleigh-based, and they wanted to come. I worked at a church at the time, and they wanted to come play for our youth ministry. And uh, I was asking them about their story and, like, how they started rapping and how they got into Christian rap and stuff. And it was like, I don't know. We all were sitting around, and we were like, man, we should really read the Bible. 
And they were like, there was this book in the middle called Job. And we were like, we need a job. So that's where we started. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. We have two more categories. This one is nutrient deficiencies. And the first one says, I have a repetitive or select amount of foods with little variety and types or preparations. So that's the thing about the, the standard uh, weightlifter diet. It's chicken and rice and broccoli and chicken and rice yeah. and broccoli. Standard teenage girl diet. Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A. <laughs> we know that the more types of vegetables and fruits and the more variety, the more robust your microbiome is, the better your immune function is going to be. And if you have too much repetition, you could develop an autoimmune response to having those same foods over and over. Mm. So variety is important. Next one is I rarely get sunlight exposure, true or false? Now, this is important because this is how we synthesize vitamin D, which is extremely important for as a precursor to serotonin, which makes us happy, and which is a precursor to melatonin and sets up our sleep cycle. So especially getting sunlight earlier in the day, it's really important. All right, next, category, next question is I have weak or brittle bones. So this could start leading to osteoporosis and issues like that, especially if we're not getting the right ways to take in calcium and vitamin D and things like that, which believe it or not is not from cow milk. The next one is I have, true or false, I have many food aversions not related to an allergy. Does that just mean picky eater? Absolutely. I'm a picky eater, people. True or false? Now, one of the other things I'm looking for here, especially with kids, is if they have tons of food aversions, sometimes it's a zinc deficiency. Zinc changes the acuity of taste and smell. So if they're deficient in zinc, it's going to make a lot more food groups off-putting to them. Yeah, I I, I was on another podcast and it came up, and I've heard it before, that for some people, eating cilantro tastes like steel or soap. And that person that was talking about it, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but if it does have a metallic taste, it's an indicator that you are low in zinc. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Well, look it up. We're not doctors here. No. Google it on your own, people. I don't even play one on TV. (laughs) Next question is, I have brittle nails and hair. Now, this could be an indication of- I have less hair. (laughs) Could be a beta carotene (laughs) deficiency. Could be a omega-3 fatty acid deficiency. That could be contributing. Same for the next one. I have, the next question is, I have dry, scaly, itchy, or bumpy skin. And if you do, it could be one of those deficiencies, or it could also be the lining of your small intestines is under attack, and you have a lot of proteins penetrating, like gluten, lectins, and leaky gut could be an issue. So that's another cause. And then the next one, I have unusual food cravings, such as mayonnaise. Now, we see this a lot in kids, it's, and you may also see things like pica, which is where they're like eating chalk because their body's sensing a nutrient they're missing that they can get. Or if there's a fatty acid deficiency or toe walking and things like that, a lot of times they may just really love mayonnaise or or take a chunk out of butter. It's a real thing that happens, but usually it indicates that you're lacking something. How do you feel if you're mayonnaise and you're like, dang it, the only reason people like us is because of nutritiency deficiency. (laughs) (laughs) Nutritiency deficiency. (laughs) We're going to put that on a t-shirt. The final one in this category is true or false. I have chronic fatigue or low energy not improved by eating. And that finishes up that category. We got one category left. Microbiome and gut health. First question is, I have consistent bloating and or gas. That'd be a lot of fun on car trips. I've been there. It's not fun. (laughs) 
Next is I have reflux issues several times a week. This could definitely be a sign of all kinds of things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, otherwise known as SIBO. It could be acid, could be an acid reflux issue where maybe the lining of your small intestines is under attack. Maybe you're taking too many antacids, which actually make things worse after they, they wear off and they keep you from being able to absorb things like B12 and other nutrients. So we want to watch that. Next is I frequently feel depressed or anxious. And the reason this is in the gut health section is 90% of serotonin is made in the gut, not in the pineal gland in the brain. So if your gut's unhealthy, that could be contributing to anxiety and depression. Next is I have constipation or diarrhea regularly. And next is you are confirmed that you have leaky gut. And that is where those proteins are penetrating through the small intestinal lining too often, creating too many perforations, causing GI uh, distress. And the next is you regularly consume artificial sweeteners like sucralose, aspartame, or saccharin. Now, sucralose especially is of note. Sucralose was invented as part of pesticides that would cause, it would attract the bugs because it was sweet, but then it would cause their intestines to explode, and that's what killed them. Now we're freaking using it as a sweetener in humans, and guess what? Lots of sucralose causes GI distress. Imagine that. So if you have irritable bowel, IBS, IBD, SIBO, Crohn's, colitis, you should be extremely careful to avoid sucralose. Next question in this category is I have psoriasis, acne, and or other skin issues. Oftentimes, this is a sign that the lining of the small intestines is very weak, and we want to uh, focus on, on gut health and improving that. And then the last one, you use NSAIDs, which stands for non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, like ibuprofen or Advil weekly or daily, or take antibiotics frequently more than once every two, uh, more than once every two years. And it does take about two years after a broad spectrum antibiotic for your microbiome to get back to where it was. And then the ibuprofen and Advil literally eat holes in the lining of your small intestines and they can cause issues as well. Yeah. All right, so just to recap, like this isn't to make you feel bad. There's not right or wrong answers. This is a snapshot of where you're at, which will help you figure out where to focus. And so if you go ahead, if you're following along with us and hit that finish evaluation button, It'll say calculating results, and then a little green bar will go across, and boom, there's a result. Boom. I did pretty good. And so basically the way these results read, right, they're 100% is you're doing great in that category. 0%, how are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it gives you an overall score, and then it breaks each category down. And the way I would use this is I would pick the category with the lowest score and start your small habits there. Now, I'm a nutrition and health coach. I, I should have a pretty decent score. I do. It was a 94. 53 out of 56 were where I needed to be. Nice. But the ones where I missed some things, I could do better in microbiome and gut health. I could do a little better in stress and sleep, and I could do a little better in sugar. So because those three were lower, that's where I'm going to focus. It, all three of them were the same, though. They were all 87.5. But honestly, I think stress and sleep is where I would probably put more emphasis on. Yeah. So I did all right, too. I got 84%, 83.98. I rounded up because I wanted to feel better. But I think where I have the most work to do right now is fats and oils. That doesn't surprise me. I've really got laxed in that. And so I know that the last month or so, I haven't been paying as good of attention. So that scored real low for me at uh, 
62. So that's a, is 62 a D? I think so. <laughs> yeah. So that's a D. For dynamite. D for dynamite on the oils. Um, <laughs> and I got a couple hundreds, which makes me feel good. Yeah. And I know the first time I took this test, like when we were making it. So when we were making this test, I hadn't really sat through your course yet. And then through the process of sitting through your course and learning some more stuff, I have greatly improved. I think the first time I took it, I was like 54%. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. This tool is meant to be used at by anyone at no cost. So you have something in a way to reevaluate and to mark changes. So whether you listen to the podcast, whether you do your own research, I think it's a, a great structure for you to measure yourself. It's based on what I've seen with over 3000 clients, several years in blood work results and seeing what actually makes a difference. Yeah. And if you scored really low, I think it'd be good to put it in the, put it in the framework of the reason that you, Brandon, you asked the questions that you did was to indicate areas that could be contributing factors to things that are causing deficiencies, whether it be in whatever category. And so if you're wondering like, all right, well, how do I specifically know, like you coach through about that? This is why this question was asked. That's a lot of details to keep straight. And, and I think for, for a lot of people, there's just so much information out there about what to eat and, and what kind of oils are the right oils and all that kind of stuff. And that's what the course is for. Literally, as you go through, the lessons are based on these things and you go through that stuff in detail and say, this is the why behind this. And, and here's studies indicate this. And these are the types of things you should avoid. And these are the types of things you should do. And you give the, the tips and the tricks for sleep and stress and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff lives inside of the course. Absolutely. And what I tried to do is put everything I've ever learned in the last 10 years and put it into one place and to make it as succinct, succinct, how do you say that word, Joe? You got it. Cool. As possible. So none of those videos are more than what, I think the longest one's what, 30 minutes maybe? And yeah. Some of them are much shorter. Um, and it goes through each of those categories. We have a full meal plan for you to make it as easy as possible. Joe made an extremely exhaustive grocery list, including spices and sausages, everything. You mean I designed it. You made it pretty. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like harassing him like at 10 o'clock, Joe, you got to do this pepper and salt <laughs> and, and, and I'll do the recipes. So we have recipes for you. And some of that stuff's even freebies on the site too. So check it out, explore. I think there's a ton of value here. If you're not ready to purchase the course, certainly use the free evaluation. Check out the free course sections on supplements. I mean, I'd love to work with you in person. I have a few more slots as well or find a coach that's competent and fits your lifestyle and your needs to make a difference. Is this very similar to what you would do for an intake form? This is a little bit different. An intake form. That would be uh, more like, what did you eat the last week kind of stuff? Yeah. The intake is more specific. Um, if so you've never worked with a nutrition coach before, that's pretty common, right? Having an intake form. Yeah. Yeah. There should be an intake form. <laughs> Otherwise you just cookie cuttering something and be like, Hey, eat this and rice, potatoes and uh, broccoli and chicken. No, the intake form, we're going to ask your occupation, your lifestyle. We're going to ask what is a typical breakfast, lunch, dinner? What are typical snacks, time of day? We want to know medications, health concerns, yeah. diets you've tried in the past that have worked, haven't worked. Why? We're going to ask questions. We will ask questions about stress and sleep and things like that, but it's a more specific detailed snapshot so I can make specific recommendations that fall within something you're already comfortable with. I never just wipe everything out yeah. and go here, do this instead. What would you say to somebody who got a low score? I would say that it's good to know where you're at. 
Use the free resources we offer. And then if you have the means to invest in your health, find somebody that knows what they're doing. Definitely use the course as a tool, but it's okay. I'm a little bit different than most coaches because I started at the bottom. I, I started with an extremely low score. I was pre-diabetic, 244 pounds with an extensive family history of heart disease and all kinds of stuff. I lost my dad this to last December due to heart disease, but I was headed down that path. So I've been on both sides. If you educate yourself, if you surround yourself with the right influences, and if you invest in your health, you can overcome almost anything. Every cell in our body is replaced every seven years. So if you're consistent and you stay the course, you will see change. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also, be sure to follow us on social media.